Welcome to the Physics Central Podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. John Gardner was 48 years old and midway through a healthy physics career when he suddenly and unexpectedly went blind. After this tragic event, Gardner returned to his career as a physicist. But in 1996, he started a company intending to commercialize a technology that makes complex graphs accessible to blind people. Now, Gardner says that the impact of this technology doesn't stop with the blind community. He wants to make it available to everyone from scientists to students, both blind and sighted. That's today on the Physics Central Podcast. In September of 1988, at the age of 48, John Gardner lost his sight due to an error during a surgery. The loss was understandably difficult to deal with. I mean, nobody nobody goes through something as devastating as losing their sight without without a lot of emotional struggle. And I had uh, a lot of very good friends and family who gave me lots and lots of emotional support. But still, there were, it was years where I would have occasional bits of depression. It's just not easy. But Gardner rebounded from this setback in amazing fashion. He lost his sight in September, and by January, he was back to work as a full-time physicist at Oregon State University. He was teaching, doing research, and advising graduate students. You know, just the realization, you know, I can still work, I can still be productive, uh, and I can still earn a living and support my family, were were pretty strong helpers. I still had a job that I could still do, and uh, that's just not true for a lot of people who lose their sight. Gardner had to hire a full-time sighted assistant to help him with his research and his teaching. Because Gardner had already worked as a physicist prior to losing his sight, he knew what his work entailed, and he knew what he needed help with. In addition, as a senior scientist, he knew how to secure funding. I was able to get access to a lot of things that a younger, less established uh, physicist would have had trouble getting because, because it was pretty expensive. To a large extent, Gardner continued doing many of the same things he did before he lost his sight. There are people who just don't understand how a blind person can do much of anything. They're just amazed that a blind person can actually walk down the street without you know, somebody hanging on to them. And that's not hard. There are a lot of things that aren't hard that people think are hard. And often things that nobody thinks about turn out to be pretty hard. I told people a few months after I lost my sight, the hardest thing for me was getting the right amount of toothpaste on the toothbrush. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that doesn't mean Gardner didn't run into some challenges. I found it rather difficult when I lost my sight to, to continue on in the research that I was doing because it really required a lot of visual inspection of data that had very, very, very complicated analysis, and it was really easy to get it wrong. So um, being blind certainly was was difficult and made me really realize how important it was to be able to get 
access, better access to graphical information. Reading text is not a tremendous challenge for a blind person. The text can be translated into Braille or it can be read aloud by a sighted person. But how do you translate a graph? How do you convey something that is inherently visual to a blind person? When Gardner lost his sight, there were basically no solutions to that problem. Other blind scientists that Gardner encountered had developed their own methods for dealing with this challenge, but sometimes they just couldn't tackle those aspects of their work. So Gardner started working on his own solution. He wanted to make a technology that could represent data and graphs in non-visual ways. Uh, there's a technique called audio tactile access that I did not invent. It was invented by an Australian uh, um, computer scientist. Um, and it was actually being used, but it was extremely expensive and extremely clumsy. And I realized that it was a good way for the end user to access information. Audio tactile access provides a user with audio information and information that they can touch. It, it's it's very hard to take a an image that's at all complicated and understand it just by feeling. So the idea of having to feel it, but also have information transferred so you can hear it, or or displayed on a braille display so you can touch something and either hear it or read it with with your other hand on a braille display uh, is so much easier to use. For a simple line graph, the tactile portion might include simply making the line textured so that the user can feel its shape. That's the simplest example, but today Gardner's technology goes way beyond that. What's more difficult are multicolored images, uh, even something as simple as a pie chart and a bar chart. They uh, nowadays have you know red and blue and green and orange and whatever slices. And uh, sometimes information is contained in the colors. Sometimes information is contained in the intensity. And ours are the only embossers in the world that can provide different uh, intensity dots, different height dots. So something that's light uh, by default will will emboss with fairly small dots, and things that are dark will emboss with heavy dots. The audio portion of the technology is like a text bubble that you sometimes see over a digital image. The user can click it and get a little more information. Similarly, with Gardner's technology, someone can click on a portion of the tactile graph and be given an explanation of what it is they are feeling. And that helps them not only visualize the graph, but make sense of it. So that when I feel a bump on the tactile copy, the computer can tell me what it is. And if I feel some text on the, on the tactile copy that I can't read with my fingers, the computer will tell me what it is. For example, we have a Mona Lisa example. And you can feel the Mona Lisa's nose, but if you press, the, the nose will say Mona Lisa's nose, you know, Mona Lisa's left eye or enigmatic smile or blah, blah, blah. This is the state that the technology is in today, some 20 years after Gardner started working on it. He founded the company View Plus in 1996 to make the technology commercial, and in 2003, he retired from physics to work there full-time. 
To turn graphic information into this tactile audio format, a user needs a few external tools. They also need the data or the information from that graph to be put into a particular format. So if a scientist wanted to view his or her own data with a tactile audio technology, they would have access to the raw data, and so they could put it into that format. But this poses a challenge if the scientist wants to see someone else's research in the tactile audio format, because the raw data is not normally published along with a scientific paper. So Gardner would like to see all scientific literature published with the raw data available in the format that would make it readable by a tactile audio interface. Gardner says it would take some extra effort by the researchers to put their data into this format, but nothing really extensive. He says it's very doable. Now, this would obviously be great for scientists who are blind, but Gardner says the opportunities that it presents go way beyond that. I, I'm sure that if information were made fully accessible, and information means to me just about everything from first grade uh, textbook materials, learning materials, to what you do in advanced astrophysics, if these were all accessible, it would certainly increase the number of, uh, of scientists with disabilities. But frankly, a lot of things that we're doing to make things accessible to people with disabilities actually is a huge advantage for everybody because uh, the figures, figures being accessible are not just accessible to blind people, they're accessible to search engines, they're accessible to classification schemes. They are much more classifiable. They're things that Google can find. Uh, instead of just having the image, it has a lot of data in the image that's essentially telling you what the image is all about. Uh, and it's also possible and relatively easy for scientific graphics that have compact uh, amounts of data. That, those data can simply be included in the figure itself. And then any scientist who wants to reanalyze that data or check, compare it with this data or whatever, can get it out so easily. You just push a button and out comes in a spreadsheet. This is something that that every scientist alive that I've described this to start salivating, saying, oh, when is this going to happen? I want that today. So it's not just for me. Accessibility is for everybody. The American Physical Society is one of the largest publishers of physics research in the world. Since 2008, the APS has been working with Gardner on an experimental project to make all the research that they publish in their journals accessible to the blind community. Now, specifically, they want the scientists who publish their work in the APS journals to submit their raw data in the format that can be put into the tactile audio interface. And full disclosure, if you're not aware, APS is also the parent organization of Physics Central. Now, as if that weren't a big enough pool of people who might benefit from the ViewPlus technologies, Gardner also wants to make educational material in this tactile audio format. Well, we have some prototypical content, and we find that uh, 
children with disabilities can use it. Uh, some of them like it a lot. Uh, some of them can can use it with no help. Children with, um, let's say, cognitive and um, severe learning disabilities sometimes require a little more help. And the thing that we really like is that children without disabilities seem to like it a lot. They they can access the information by seeing it. They can also hear it. And if they have a tactile copy, they can feel it. And for very young children, being able to feel things is pretty important. We think that they will learn better with this. Gardner says the View Plus learning materials need to be tested in classrooms to see if they actually help students learn better. This is a goal that will most likely require the help of a larger financial backer. Gardner says the company is looking into finding other companies to partner with. When Gardner started out working on this technology shortly after he lost his sight, he wasn't even thinking about making it available to other scientists. It was just for his own personal use. I must admit, most of the inspiration for doing this was just came from what my needs were. Because people who were had been blind for a long time and were in the sciences all had their ways of doing things. So um, I was happy to listen to other people, but I didn't always take their advice. (laughs) Now the scope of his work may extend far beyond himself, far beyond the blind community. That happens often with physics. Research can seem so specific, so unconnected to the rest of the world, but it can end up changing the way we live. Thank you again to John Gardner for being on the podcast. You can read more about Gardner and his work at our website, physicscentral.com. That's it for the Physics Central podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more Physics Central.